Welcome to Know What I Mean. My name is Oscar. My name is George. And this week we discussed a quote from Dr. Zeus. And I really enjoyed it actually because it's a quote that has been quite meaningful and that I often try and remind myself to, to really commit to what it is that I'm doing. And I really enjoyed talking about it. And it was really interesting to get Oscar's perspectives on it as well. And interesting to see that we'd, we had a lot of similar things in, in how we'd thought about the quote and there were some differences or, you know, different ways that Oscar had thought about it that kind of, that I really liked and really enjoyed. So thank you for that. Yeah. I, I felt, well, this is one, the, the conversation itself is, is an exploration that it didn't really feel like there was kind of mm. definitely for me anyway, it was, it's not like there was kind of set answers or conclusions that I'd come to. Like I, this is, this quite really covers an area that, that I'm on a journey of exploring really. And mm. I haven't settled and I don't know yet what the answers are really to it. So it was really interesting to uh, hear from George and to just speak out loud and just get stuff out, you know, because externalizing can be so good for clarifying thoughts. So that really felt like what was what was going on a lot for me in this episode. And mm, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, enjoy the episode. So this week's quote is from Dr. Zeus. And it is, when they played, they really played. And when they worked, they really worked. And this is actually a pretty important quote for me, I feel, because it's been something that I've, I've contemplated a lot. And I actually used to have it as my desktop background. Like I really liked the quote and I went into illustrator and, and wrote it out nicely and had it as my desktop background because it's really something that I want to be reminded of regularly. And what I think it really is reminding me of is to commit to whatever it is that I'm doing just to focus fully on that, not to be playing and having fun with friends whilst also thinking, ah, I really need to get that essay done or I really need to do this work or I need, need to get this sorted. And also not working and kind of resenting it, being distracted, trying to do other stuff while you're working as well. Because I found that, that that scattered attention just makes both of those things worse. You know, doing doing everything 50%, one foot in, one foot out is just less productive, but also less enjoyable. And I think that's really what this this quote embodies, just the the commitment to what you're doing and and not disrespecting what you're doing by dividing your attention the word that came to mind with this quote is wholeheartedness which is a word that i really like because that's what it feels like i think to be committing to something is that your heart's in it and mm -hmm. it's that's been really a big theme for me for quite a long time i think of trying to understand what makes me wholehearted about something? Because I, I've realized that mm. it's so easy to have a, a semi-commitment and be quite conflicted in, in why you're doing something and not be giving yourself fully to things. And the interesting thing 
about mm-hmm. that is that often things tend to go wrong or not work out if if your heart's not not in them uh, mm-hmm. and i've noticed that in myself is that i'll there'll be a should like i mm-hmm. ought to do something i should really be doing something and mm-hmm. so there is action i am even i might even appear to be working properly for example but because my heart's not in it i'm not i'm not actually invested in what i'm doing and that also mm-hmm. creates this kind of inner divide which is there's quite a lot of suffering in so when when thinking about this quote i i was thinking about wholeheartedness and the barriers to wholeheartedness and reflecting on what what is it that makes me commit and i think it's really being connected to my inspiration mm-hmm. my why why am i doing mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. so i've noticed recently at work that i'm going freelance in a week and a half and as you kind of expect like i i'm <laughs> at work now i'm not i'm not particularly wholehearted with it because i know that i'm leaving i i've kind of mentally checked out in some way and it's a funny position to be in because I, i'm not i'm definitely not working as hard as i could be and it just sort of means my day has a a bit of a glaze to it of just i'm not really committing to my work but i am at work so mm. i'm sort of in this funny limbo spot where mm. i'm not really getting the benefits of just doing my best and and learning but mm. i'm not getting the benefits of being of having free time either because i'm not taking the piss mm. i'm not just like oh well i'm not working very hard so i'll just go out then you know like I'm, yeah i i'm st- i'm remaining at work you know mm. and then i just end up in this like funny sort of blurry nothingy zone which is not all that pleasant really yeah i I think it, it's it is when i notice when i'm when i'm connected to my inspiration is when i feel when i'm being present with something and i feel very committed to it hmm. that's interesting because I, I wasn't actually planning to to talk about this but like the what you're saying about the the wholeheartedness really kind of connected with me because so recently for a little while with with my girlfriend I didn't feel like I was really fully committed into it and what that meant was that because I was kind of half-hearted in that relationship it meant that that things were kind of getting worse as a result of that there was an initial thing which kind of not something that I can particularly point my finger on, but kind of a feeling which made meant I was not really committing to it. And, and through, through not committing to it and not being wholehearted with it, even through frustrating times, it meant that it was getting worse because of that. You know, if I had just chosen to really commit to it, then it would have actually made things easier along the way. So sometimes you can kind of confuse the the wholeheartedness. If if the wholeheartedness is not fully there, that can mean that there's a problem with what you're doing and that you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. But also you can end up just having that that feeling when actually you are working, but maybe you're frustrated about something else. It might be that there's some other thing that's frustrating you that you haven't discussed. And that's what's causing a blockage between you and doing the the work or or even the relationship that you're in so yeah i think that was one of the things really with this quote was about making a decision about what you want to commit to and what you want to focus on 
And that act of choosing, of making a decision of, of where you want to commit is very important. And then once you've chosen that, that's what makes it easier to, to really enjoy that thing and get the most out of that thing. Mm. Well, I'm quite interested in exploring what makes a decision like that authentic to commit something. Because I, as I said, I like, this is something I've been exploring for a while. And I, I think the most prevalent like example of it in my life is with my spiritual practice. I've been involved in kind of spirituality for maybe eight years now. And so I've gone through a lot of different seasons and sort of levels of commitment. And, and at the moment, I think because I'm so focused on going freelance on my career, spirituality is really sort of taking the backseat, I guess. And I find there's quite a lot of suffering in acknowledging that because mm. it just makes me a bit sad. It's, there's a bit of grief in there mm. of something. I feel like I've lost something a bit. And I also recognize mm. how important it is in my experience. It really mm. is like when I'm really connected to the spiritual aspect of my life, like my whole life is enriched in a way that, you know, a career just simply won't, you know, and I know mm. that, but I suppose I've been kind of disconnected for over a longer period of time over maybe the last sort of six months, then I've been losing touch with that deeper side of things to mm. a degree. Mm. So it's still, I still practice every day and it is still part of my life, 100%. But I noticed I'm reflecting a lot on like, what is it that, what makes me commit? What makes me mm. wholehearted? Because it's not mm. simply me saying, oh, I know that this is good for me. And I know that my experience has been really positive before. And I know how important it is. And I mm. want to do it. I, I found that I've given myself those kinds of pep talks, but it's not enough at the moment for me to really put the time aside that's necessary. And I guess I'm I'm really interested in even those sorts of talks that you have with yourself and say that you're committing to things, mm. even they can be either wholehearted or half-hearted. And you can sense that. You can sense mm. if you're doing a sort of gloss over and you're like, you know, I this diet, I, you know, I'm doing it. And you can mm. sense if if you really mean that or if it's mm. like, oh, I, I ought to do it. So I'm saying I'm saying that now. And it feels completely different. And so I'm really interested in that um, sense of what is that honest commitment to really work or to really play or to really commit to something like mm -hmm. what? Yeah. I don't know. I don't have an answer, but like, what is that? Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah. The, the way I think of it really is just about knowing that it is the right thing. It is about knowing that it's the right thing to do, but yeah, sometimes you can know that it's the right thing to do but not feel it. I guess it somewhat is a muscle. It, it's not something that this is an easy way to live your life. This is a real commitment and, and something that you're going to have to constantly remind yourself of. You know, that's why I put it as, as my desktop. If it was something where I just consistently did it without thinking, then I wouldn't have bothered doing that. I see it as a, as a discipline really. Mm. And I think it's a really good process to go through. It's not something I've done for a while, actually, but just when you're, when you're doing something, just thinking like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to commit to whatever I'm doing right now. I think it's good to actually lead with that, lead with the commitment. So even if you're feeling lazy and you were just about to watch some TV or whatever, and you're just going to relax, 
even just making that commitment of like, I am going to enjoy and fully commit to whatever I'm doing right now, what I'm about to do in the next hour. Mm. And then, you know, if you do decide to watch TV, you'll hopefully enjoy it more. But I found that personally, when I, when I come at it from that of, I'm just going to commit fully to whatever it is I'm about to do. Then after a little bit of thinking about it and feeling like that, I feel much less like just watching TV and more like listening to some music or spending time with someone. Those meaningful things feel to me like they start to bubble up. So, so I think it's actually helpful to do it the other way around to commit and then let the thing arise. That is what you're going to commit to. That's a, a nice, a nice way to flip it. Yeah. Okay. I get that. And, it, and, and it, in a way, we're sort of talking about two parts, you know, like, because this is the micro, you know, it's like the in the mm. moment, whatever you're doing, including this podcast right now, I'm sitting here mm -hmm. and I'm not thinking about anything else. I just want to listen. Mm -hmm. And so I'm committing to what is going on here, which is why mm. it feels good mm. to do. Mm. I guess what I was talking about was more of a, a macro sense of what are overarching values or ambitions or life goals another example that i've had recently is that i'm suddenly very keen to cut my spending because i'm aware that mm. i don't know where my income is going to come from in a few months time and i really need mm -hmm. to watch what i'm spending this is the mm. first time in my life where i've cared about cutting spending if i'm honest because mm -hmm. i've had a job since i was 17 and that was before a lot of my friends got jobs. And so I've always had disposable income basically. And so as much as I've known, oh, it's good to save for this and this reason, mm -hmm. some abstracted reason mm -hmm. of like, you know, you might need it for the future. You might want to mm -hmm. save up for yeah, of course. something that you don't know what it is yet. Like that's never been enough for me to say, oh yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Now, as soon as I've got this more overarching like reason to save mm -hmm. this, this something bigger, mm -hmm. it's easy. Super I know that every pint I buy is a little bit less time for me to be flexible in the future. Mm -hmm. It's like the, the less money I have, then the quicker I'm going to be panicking about like where money's going to be coming from. So mm -hmm. it's really, really straightforward for me to make that decision. And so I feel wholehearted with, I feel committed to saving money in a way mm, that I've never mm. felt committed to before, even mm, though before mm. that, you know, of course there's been a should or, or some idea that it would be a good thing to do, but it, it's just not happened. So mm. I, I find that very, um, obviously they are linked. Well, I, I guess at each different stage of our life, we've got probably a limited number of bigger things, you know, something bigger than our smaller actions mm -hmm. that guide our decisions that make mm -hmm. us want to be wholehearted about about what we're doing yeah and one of them is finances at the moment for me but it's it's like yeah i don't know quite where i was going with that but yeah, yeah. i think that is interesting think of the micro and macro mm. versions of this wholeheartedness yeah because those when people make a consistent change it's usually like a very simple small thing the times when people are like I'm going to make a change. I'm never going to do this anymore. Like those sorts of things in, in my experience and kind of from what I've, what I've learned from studying hypnosis and hypnotherapy is that 
you know, a lot of the times when people change or quit a habit, it's often a fairly simple little, oh yeah, that doesn't serve me anymore. Or like you have with saving money. It's just a simple like, oh yeah, I make the connection. Like you've made a connection between how much money you save and your security in a more concrete way. And it just makes it easy to, you don't need to think about it. It's not like I should save, you know, it's the right thing to do. A lot of people have this with maybe exercise or, or eating more healthily. I remember I had a time when I was not eating as healthily and I just reached a point where I was like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to start eating more healthily. And then I just did like, it wasn't me. It wasn't hard to do because I just decided. And that's something that it's, it's a very, it's kind of frustrating, really. You're all like that. You can't just will yourself <laughs> into doing it. And I mean, you, mm. you can, but you're, you're really fighting against yourself when you do that and, and depleting yourself. And I don't really have any, <laughs> any good advice for that. I've just found that mm. over, over my life, as I've understood myself better and understood the consequences of my actions better that I've started wanting to make better decisions. That's just a process that I've gone through as I've learned more about myself and about the world. I feel more compelled to do the right thing and I'm more consistent with doing the things that, that I feel like I should be doing. It's almost like, you know, you're told these things that it's, it, it's good to be kind or uh, you should share. And, and you're told these from a child, you're brought up with these values, but you have a lot of people haven't really experienced those values and really come to that on the, on their, on their own. It's kind of passed down wisdom, but it's not experienced wisdom. And I think that's a, a real trap or a real thing that you can get mixed up with because there's a big difference between someone writing a book giving you all their wisdom say someone who's lived a long life they've learned a lot of things they write down all of the wisdom everything they've learned and this can be a very accomplished very happy person and you could read all these and and technically understand all of the things in there but that doesn't mean that you have that experiential wisdom which is what leads your your actions and leads you to to commit and make better decisions and to to choose to commit to the present moment or to really commit to the work that you're doing or or whatever it is yeah so it that is really interesting uh, and yeah it's like again it it seems that it's just grace you know when mm-hmm. when i mean in my life then it's just a lot of these decisions that are more like, oh yeah, I've been told that for a long time and I just ha- haven't mm-hmm. acted on it. And now I am acting on it. It's just like, mm-hmm. because suddenly it becomes relevant because suddenly mm-hmm. I've tapped into really, why does that matter? Oh, I've, mm-hmm. I've discovered why. Mm-hmm. It's like, say with meditation or something, a lot of people have it as a, as a nice idea and something that they try mm-hmm. and dabble in a little bit. And I guess until... Mm-hmm you've had an experience of tapping into something deeper and really finding mm-hmm. something with it, it's always mm-hmm. going to be an uphill struggle to do it. Mm-hmm. And you're probably not going to commit to it 
you know, mm-hmm. because you have to have a well of inspiration somewhere. You have to have a real reason to mm-hmm. to do something. And mm-hmm. that's that macro wholeheartedness. It's, you know, that's that's you really wanting to do something. I mean, like, I'd be interested, like, I mean, we're doing it as we're recording, but like anyone listening, you know, to to think about what is it in your life that that you do wholeheartedly that you actually commit to is you know is it exercise you know or is it is it something quite small like what what is it that you you don't need to you're not always fighting against this thing it's not just pure Mm. will like you you get a sense that you you're in touch with your inspiration as Mm. to why you're doing something i just think it's an interesting reflection as to like Mm why that is it, it's not because you got told by someone that you know oh this is a good thing to do and then you've just done it you're just like oh that's a good thing to do mm-hmm. it's a good thing to eat healthy mm-hmm. simple and then you just for you know then that's it you know what i mean like it, it's it's probably not that it probably is something more personal to you and something that you've really tapped into your inspiration with and it doesn't seem like you can really pick into because these are all consequences of different points in life for example now with me and budgeting i may now budget for the rest of my life i, d- I don't know but it, it could be that this is this is a catalyst that i've made mm. that connection as you say with it and i could have never willed it before because i just didn't have a reason mm. i always had income coming in i've always managed to pay my rent like I just haven't had enough of a reason to say, no, I'm not going to go to the most expensive pub and, you know, buy pints from there because it's just like, oh, well, I, I earn money. It's fine. Like I can, I can afford it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I've never had a reason. Now I have a reason. So mm-hmm. it becomes a lot simpler, the choice. I guess I, I'm curious about talking because I know for you, the thing I've noticed in you that we've talked about before in, in regards to this quote, and again, bringing it back to more the kind of micro like experience of wholeheartedness is to do with work and how you choose to work from home. Mm. For example, with like editing the podcast and things. And I was wondering if you wanted to talk a little bit more about like your experience of that, basically, mm. of being wholehearted while working. That's that's funny because I was literally wanted to make this point and was thinking about how I could like segue to this. <laughs> Um, so that's brilliant. Yeah. So I, I guess a lot of the work I've done has been, you know, I've done web design. That's what I studied at university. And I remember a while ago how I used to work and and this can be a tendency that I fall into was just, I would kind of start working on this website at the start of the day and then just be fixing these little things and then kind of having a bit of a break and then doing stuff and just fixing stuff. And it just, it felt like kind of aimless and just, it was just unsatisfying the whole process because I would kind of get to the end of the day and feel like, have I done anything? Like I'd, I I knew that I had, if I thought back to where I was at the start of the day, you know, I probably made a lot of progress, but it just didn't feel like that because I'd kind of just been like half doing work for like 12 hours and it was just not satisfying at all. So there's a thing I started doing that i am been doing, did off and on for a while, but I've been doing it consistently for, well, all of this year, really, for the last six months. This has been the main way that I've been working. And it's a thing called the Pomodoro Technique, which is essentially you do 
25 minutes of work and then you have a five minute break and then 25 minutes of work and you'll do you know a load of those in a row depends how much time you've got but i'll do probably up to sometimes i'll do like six of those in a row which is three hours or maybe i'll do like four or something it just depends but the thing that has been really great about this is the first step of the pomodoro technique is setting an intention of what you're going to do in this 25 minutes you set the intention that okay i'm gonna work for the next 25 minutes i'm gonna work on this task so you can say either a specific task in your to-do list or it could be something like i'm just gonna do as much of the editing of this podcast as i can in this 25 minutes you start the timer and you focus completely on that on that work without any distractions that's really key so you fully focus and then you've got a five minute break. And then on my five minute break, I'll commit fully to, I'll do some push ups. I'll go outside. I'll just have fun, have a stretch, like just commit to enjoying that time and then go back to work and do the same thing for another 25 minutes. And that really fits into this idea of, of really working and really playing because I'm committing to that break and I'm committing to that work and the thing of having these constant breaks means that it's easier to commit to the work, I suppose, because you know, you're going to have a break. It's like, oh, it's okay. You can check your phone. You can do whatever things you feel like you need to do. But you know, if you've got work, you're going to get a lot more done. And I found I've been much more productive doing it like this because I get more of a sense of accomplishment because I'm focusing on particular work that I'm doing. I'm doing it as well and as quickly as I can. And I'm enjoying those breaks. It's meant that I've, it's been actually really nice integrating it with my workout routine. So I've been doing a lot more push ups and stretching just because I do it every half an hour, basically, and do that every day. So that's been a, a really good practical thing that I've been doing and just, just much more satisfying than how I was working before. Mm. And like, so just comparing the, the states of, because I think everyone, myself included, can can relate to the vague semi-work state. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's pretty relatable. Mm -hmm. Like, so with with the with the committing to work completely, what what does that what does that feel like? What does that sort of wholehearted heartness kind of feel like as it's as it's going mm. on? So at its best, it is really, I guess, that commitment to working and it feels quite joyful to to have a, a little challenge it's like a playful little challenge of of how much how productive can i be how much of this task can i do and that's inherently joyful i find to really just commit to doing the best you can at this one thing and just really really committing to it and that makes the whole thing feel joyful even if you're so focused on the thing that you're not thinking about the fact that you're joyful, but it feels, it just feels good. And at the end of those, those 25 minutes, it feels like, ah, I did, I did a good bit of work. And it's, it can be quite surprising actually to be like, damn, I did all that in 25 minutes. Obviously, sometimes you do get there and you're like, oh shit, I, <laughs> I've barely done anything. But in general, it's especially when you start, you might be surprised how much you can do in 25 minutes and mm. it's something that i actually used to do when i was cleaning my room and i found that's 
so helpful because I didn't really want to clean my room. I was like, oh, it's going to take me ages because my room is all messy. So I was like, right, I'm not going to commit to cleaning my whole room. But what I'm going to commit to doing is I'm going to clean my room as quickly and as well as I possibly can within five minutes. I'm just going to set a timer for five minutes. And for that five minutes, I'm going to clean this room as quickly and as well as I can. Just imagine that's the only time I've got to clean my room and I've just got to get it all done in that time. And I remember just going from feeling sort of dejected and annoyed that I had to clean my room and annoyed at myself for not cleaning it for so long to like blasting some music and spending five minutes of just complete commitment to it and feeling great afterwards and then deciding to, you know, finish off some cleaning, but just being amazed at how much difference you can make in that time. If you really set an intention to just really commit to something for five minutes, that can be a lot of time. And it's, it's almost scary in a way to realize how much power you have and how much you can do in that amount, amount of time and how much influence you can have over your environment when you fully commit to something. Yeah, it's just, it's amazing that, and how, how little time is actually spent in that kind of focused state, I think, particularly mm, mm. in the age that we're in. You know, it's kind of like reflecting on, on the fact that the majority of the times I pick up my phone, I haven't got an intention with why I'm doing it. I'm just picking up. Mm. And mm. if I was to live a life with more intention and more focus, mm-hmm. I just naturally would be on my phone a lot less because there's not mm-hmm. most of the time I'm checking for the sake of checking. It's just an addiction mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel nice. Most of the time I'm disappointed with what I'm mm-hmm. checking, you know, like I'm, I'm checking and there's not anything there or whatever. And I'm, I come away and I haven't really got whatever fix I, I wanted from it. And just hearing you speak about the, well, first of all, I'm excited to use it um, more when I guess when like in a week and a half <laughs> when I'm kind of working on my own practice, although I should mm-hmm. probably just do it at <laughs> work in general. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> but I think like, yeah, I've also done it before of this, of really setting the intention for, for, for a set amount of time, 25 minutes. And I think mm-hmm. it's, it's just, um, there's a joy in concentration and single pointedness. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of people meditate is, you know, you, mm-hmm. you're focusing on the breath and that's what yeah. you're committed to doing. And there's an incredible amount of joy of being, because it's it's a, a, a breath meditation is quite often spoken of as very integrating. So mm-hmm. the usual state of being is being very fragmented. So it's like you're here, but then you're kind of elsewhere and you're kind of half on your phone and you're kind of, you know, you're, you're generally very scattered and then do, having a single single focus really committing to something whatever it is committing to a conversation mm. committing to whatever mm. like it starts to mend this if you imagine like the fragment is mm-hmm. like dropping a pane of glass and it kind of it, sh- it kind of shatters mm. out and it's this is sort of starting to bring those elements together and kind of heal mm. and bring this sort of like setting rewind if there was a video of that and like you're kind of starting to like bring it back together into this single thing and mm. that just feels so right you know when that's mm. actually happening and it's only until and i think that that 5 minute um tidying thing is great because it's the majority of the time 
you only need to taste a bit of mm. that single point of focus. And then after, you know, everyone's experienced that. It's just like you set that five minutes of tidying and then you get on a roll and then it's, you love it. It's great. Like mm. whatever you clean, you end up like blitzing the whole house or whatever, the whole room. Because mm. it's just that initial point of trying to get the momentum, mm. trying to convince your distracted brain that it is a worthwhile thing to do to just mm. focus on one thing. And past that, mm. then it's because it feels good. You know, it feels really nice to not be so scattered. Then the rest of it is so much easier. Mm. That's that's my experience of it anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I found one thing that can help you or has helped me anyway to do this is, or at least to commit more to what I'm doing, is just really starting to understand, you know, my macro goals of where I want to go and then trying to break that down to, more everyday habits that I want to do or things that I need to get done and what order to get them done. And when you have that, when you've kind of organized your life a bit more, and it really doesn't need to take long, you know, just a, a little bit of time to, to write down the things that you're moving towards maybe over this year or whatever. And then also the, the daily things that you that you want to do and and things that you're actually going to do that's the important thing because there's no point writing down a million things that you want to add a million habits and all these different things of how you're going to have like this perfect optimized day 100% of the time you know that's a trap that i've definitely fallen into but over the last 6 months i've more just worked on one thing at a time and just building things up and and finding things that are meaningful to me that I really do think it's important to do every day and then doing those. And as those become habituated doing more, but in terms of really committing to what you're doing, just knowing what you should be doing is easier, makes it easier. So really having an idea of, yeah, I've decided that I'm until I finish this course, I'm going to do 10 minutes of Spanish every day then you're like, okay, let me just commit to that because you already know it's it's there. The thing that stops the commitment in my experience is feeling like maybe you should be doing something else. Like for you, for example, with your work at the moment, when you're doing the work at the job that you're you know, about to, about to leave, you obviously would prefer to be working on your freelance stuff. Obviously, that's where your mind is going to be because that's something that's important and meaningful to you. But when you are working for that company and you need to sit down, like you're, you're, that's what you're doing. Like you've, you've, you've already decided that that's what you're going to do. You're not just going to ignore the company and just start working on your own stuff. So in that time, you've already you're already going to be working at the company. So then the only thing to do is to be playful with it and think, and I know this is easy for me to say when I'm not like doing nine hours of children's books or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I've just kind of remind yourself of this is what I'm going to do, whatever it is. Like right now I need to walk to this place and it's raining. It started raining. I'm walking on this journey and I wish it wasn't raining and I wish I was home. But right now you are there and you still need to keep walking. So that's when I try and train myself to think 
I'm just going to enjoy this rainy, miserable walk as much as I can and get as much joy out of it as I can and commit fully to this. And like I said, this is something that I view as a discipline. It's not something that's, that's, that's necessarily easy to do. Sometimes it will happen naturally, which is lovely, but it is going to require a lot of just reminding yourself of like, right, I, let's look at the facts. Like right now I am here, I'm doing this thing. Say you've got a job that you're going to stay at, especially like, I don't want to be at work, but I am at work. Why am I at work? I'm at work because I want to be able to pay my rent and buy food and say, go on a holiday or something. And then as soon as you just kind of go up the list to find out why you're actually choosing to do this thing, why you're actually choosing to do that job, then you're like, okay, I shouldn't quit this job. I shouldn't walk out and leave because right now this is the best thing that I should be doing. This really is the place I should be, even if it's not the place I want to be in six months or a year. But right now, for me, the best place is to be at my boring ass job and <laughs> In that case, you can just commit to it or do, you know, do your best to commit to it. And, you know, this is something that I, you know, try and do at my own job when I'm working and yeah, just, just committing to it and realizing that this is what I'm doing and I'm just going to do it and enjoy it as much as I can. But yeah, it, it helps you resent it less when you really just take a few seconds to understand that this is actually what you want to be doing in that moment or the best thing you should be doing in that moment. Mm. It's connecting to the, to the why again. Mm. I think that's, that's see, that's see, that's what I keep on coming back to is mm. reflecting on what it is that you're doing, not having a vague sense of what you're doing, mm. but like actually connecting in, checking in with why am I here? And it might just mm -hmm. be to earn money, which is fine, but it's, it's like, as soon as that you've lost touch with that reason, mm -hmm. that's when it starts to go wrong and it's really mm -hmm. difficult to commit. That's what I found is yeah. like, yeah, I need yeah. to be tapping into that inspiration and, and the why frequently. And I, you know, I'm really giving this advice to myself right now, you know, because mm -hmm. it's so easy to, that needs topping up, you know, like mm -hmm. I've been inspired and extremely committed to many, many things, which, I no longer am. And that's because I've lost mm -hmm. touch with my initial inspiration, something it trailed off. I, I couldn't reconnect or I didn't choose to reconnect or I didn't have a practice that offered a chance to reconnect with my why. And that's super important. And that's what I need to do with my spiritual practice is really come back to my inspiration and whatever form that takes. And I, you know, I, I know that I will come back. I have no doubt about it because mm -hmm. of how important it is to me even if it's somewhat dormant at the moment, but yeah, it will be connecting with that why and mm. the initial inspiration basically. Awesome. Well, that seems like a good moment to move on. I'm excited to hear what the quote is for next week. You know what? I, I, I have a quote. It's a bit of a weird one, but I, I think it's abstraction will make it. There'll be a number of different areas we can go into. So this is a quote by uh, Kimberly Wilson. If I wasn't here, would anyone notice? That is it. <laughs> mm. Cool. Oh, that's, I think that's a good one, actually. I'm excited to have a think about that. Good. It feels, it feels right that I was actually looking at it and I was questioning whether or not I should read it out and think, yeah. oh, that doesn't quite work. And then, and then I'm like, okay, let's just, uh, 
Let's see what we can do. We haven't done our spiel. Oh, no. Of any kind. I know. Well, we don't have to do it now, though. We could do it at no. another point. Now, <laughs> now, if you've enjoyed this, if you've enjoyed this podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you would you would share it with other people who you think would enjoy it. We've actually had our podcast numbers go up a bit this last week, and that seems like people are sharing it. Well, we know, you know, specific people have been sharing it, so that's that's awesome to see that people are helping us reach more people. And we were actually talking before the podcast, how a lot of podcasts, what they do is they will kind of have on other podcasters so that they'll get the audience of that podcast and, and they'll have different guests and that's how they grow. But obviously we're just talking to each other every week. So we don't have that, that avenue to grow. So we are realizing, you know, it might be a bit more of a steady growth, but, but really the thing that the only thing really that, that, that really gets us to more people is for, for you guys, if you're listening and you're enjoying it to share it with someone who you think would also enjoy it. So we really appreciate it when you do. And, and thank you for everyone who has. Thank you. And we will see you next week. Awesome. Have a good one. Peace.